It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh my gosh, I'm feeling so casual. Oh, turn it off, dude. I am turn it feeling off. so casual. Dude. So casual tonight. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the DMVR Nuggets Podcast. Let's go. No, you loved it. <laughs> casual Friday. This is like the last thing all of us and all the people watching this. This is the last thing you're going to do this week, man. Everybody's in a good mood. Maybe so ever. Dope. Actually, you and I have another show coming up right after this. TDSP. Oh, <laughs> we have a whole God, other show, so we have bad. more to do. But it's going to be casual. I was even more casual yesterday, you guys. Can you imagine? In my bird dogs. Really? I was very casual. Can, let, can we not find out? You don't want to, can we you don't want to talk about this? How casual? I was very casual. I'm just saying that they come with their own liners. Yeah. No, we got it. <laughs> you give her like a little hammock action. Little yeah. hammock action. I was very casual. Sweet very comfortable. Geez. We have a great show for you guys today. Well, it'll be a good show. It's going to be a casual show for sure. Michael Malone. Friend of the show, Zach Lowe. Not friend of the show, Michael Malone, no, by no, the way. No, not no. friend of the show yeah, at all. Like a, sort of a friend, uh, sort of a hostile yeah. acknowledgement. I, not even an acknowledgement of the show. No, he's acknowledged it. Okay. We've got like 12 IOUs from him. So he's uh, going to be a friend of the show okay. allegedly all right, one day. We, we owe you uh, friendship. Well, he went on with Zach Lowe and he talked about a couple things that we found very interesting. We're going to talk about the most underrated traits in basketball. I like this. This is... And we don't always get to do these like abstract basketball um, thoughts, but Kevin Pelt had an article today where he talked about passing being an undervalued trade. I thought it was very good. And then we're going to talk about what teams do we not hate? <laughs> or what snake draft teams we don't hate? As I was much. so in, and then I had to think. I then what I have to do is I have to think about what I was thinking about and reverse it. Yeah, <laughs> a lot fewer options. I, I spent a lot of times thinking about the teams that I hate. Oh, you thought that? That would have been so much easier. I spent a lot easier. of times thinking about, about the teams that I don't quite hate. Uh, to help me get into all of that, I brought in D-Line. What's up, guys? A uh, little sleepy. Did have illegal Pete's. Not illegal Pete's fault. As Brendan mentioned, I'm very old. Why? When you eat a big meal, it does make you tired, huh? Yep. I got queso on it. Oh. It also was, uh, I would call, call it oppressively hot. But again, not illegal Pete's fault. What do you mean? Like piping hot or, or spicy? Uh, the weather? Do you consider the sun to be piping? Yeah, the sun yeah. shining down. Okay, then piping That hot. was that kind of hot? Okay. <laughs> uh, over there, flowered shirt, casual oh, Friday, Brennan vote. Uh, buckle up for this anecdote, fellas. Went to the dentist this morning. Whoa. I picked up my mouth fun. guard. Yeah. Okay. You have a mouth guard? Do- I do now. Dr. Tibbetts. Friend, uh, fan of the show. Yeah. My dentist. Yeah, yeah. We knew that. Oh. I think that anecdote had already been out here. Yeah. Listen, man, it's <laughs> we're stretching for anecdotes and segments in you, August. Yeah, Late July. You seem to go to the dentist a lot. Everything all right? Uh well, I was picking up a mouth guard. I oh. grind do you grind in your sleep? No. Oh, it's so bad. I'm a grinder too. I'm dude. a grinder, it's Ho- real bad. Hoagie and grinder will call hey. each other. Maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. 
don't really know what that means. Uh, our, sandwich types. <laughs> our top story tonight, Zach Lowe, friend of the show, as we mentioned, had Michael Malone on, on his podcast. Ver, there were some interesting things. I'm going to go through the things that I found interesting, you know, and maybe you guys will have some more to contribute here. But I'm going to say this. The show started out with Zach Lowe talking to Michael Malone, asking him, do you regret it all? how over the top you went during the parade and everything else. Michael Malone, not one bit. Could have told you that. Well, I will say he started off like a little bit quieter. He was like, well, you know. But then Zach Lowe was so boisterous. <laughs> he was he was his hype man. He does what I do and people are engaging in bad behavior around me. And I'm yeah. like, you deserve that beer. You feel <laughs> yeah. good. Life is an unending horror. And right now feels good. You drink that beer. He's So he was like, all right, okay. And then he was like, yeah, I don't have any regrets, but he had, I, I liked the hype job that Zach Lowe did. I appreciate it. To the point you're making, because I, I still think his Pat McAfee interview is the all-time Michael Malone, the quintessential yeah. one. Oh, yeah. And it's because Malone, I do think, is a mirror. Oh, do you know what I mean? He yes. can reflect the energy that's coming yes, to him, and yes. Pat McAfee's energy is here, right? It's like chaotic up here, and Michael Malone loved it, and that's where he said all of his juiciest quotes, because he's like, we can say what we want now, right? That's right. the show. Right. So I do think you're right that Zach Lowe was like, hey, give me the drunk parade, Mike, and he was like, all right. But more to the point, the Pat McAfee Michael Malone is Michael Malone. <laughs> that's so true. That's he's at his most comfortable, so and in the rest of his life, he's like business casual Malone. So when, when it's not business casual, when he's, when he's golden Mike, when he's got the parade, know. parade Malone was the real Malone. I mean, that was the dude, real Malone. Golden Mikey. I, I swear to God, like, I, I, if I walked into a room and I saw Action Bronson and Michael Malone hanging out <laughs> after that parade performance, I'd be like, yeah, man, that yeah, that checks out. Yeah, yeah. But he's also that's the greatest thing about him, like, is that he is such a master communicator, just in general, that he is able to make everybody feel inspired and also feel comfortable. Michael Malone is like that's. His orator power is the most underrated thing about him. And he's like a master. Don't you feel like that's half of coaching? <clears throat> yes. And the NBA level in particular, where I think the strategic part of it gets overrated or overstated. Like that's the assistants largely and the head coach too. But really it's communication, which in all of its various forms. So I'm with and you. I love it too, because we always talk about how probably, if not entirely calculated, a lot of his pressers are Malone. He's, he's thoughtful in that regard. He also still just sometimes says things with his chest, and he, oh, he may have L on the way out. He may have done run the calculation on on the risk and reward of the bulletin board material with the Lakers at the time, but he also said it because he meant it. And right. if you asked him again today, he would just tell you the same thing. Well, I love this point, vote because I think that you didn't love my point. Well, it was, okay. right, it was okay. a good point. It's, You've had better. It led to a great yeah. point, though. Is the it's, thing. So it's you're be part of this. Yeah, yeah. Hockey assist. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Michael Malone. Michael is a person who has incredible clarity of thought. Yeah. Like you know, there are people who are like this. It's actually an no, art. It's act not at the parade. <laughs> <laughs> no, he even then, like somehow, his drunk. He still does. So what I mean is, one of the things I'm always impressed with Malone. It's an archetype. Yeah, uh, yeah. And it tends to be the person that's like in movies, they show up as the old sheriff who's like true north direction <laughs> yeah. and, uh, that never wavers. They yeah. don't, the ambiguities of life are like, you know, how no many, problem. How many them. times and how many of life's experiences will you boil down to there will be blood? Yeah. <laughs> or, no, 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 no,
Michelle over here. The same, like, it's the same story. It's the same. It's the same story. A lot of life wisdom in that tale. But but Michael Malone, because if you notice, one of the things I so appreciate about him is that he always has these little hokey sayings for every situation. Yeah, yeah. Because again, it's like the world is nothing but a bunch of maxims to him yes. in a way that makes any situation. So when you say like he's a great orator, part of that is. He doesn't have to like digest the situation and like get through the ambiguity. He's like, no, no, work hard. I, my dad always said, you work hard and you get the thing. You're like, he just has a real sense of truth. Dead right. No, he. And, well, first of all, the world. Like, I don't know if Michael Malone would be dead right about, um, you know, aliens. Com- <laughs> aliens. He could never do the alien conversation. No, I don't know. I don't know if he would be dead right about some topics, you yeah. know, politics or international diplomacy. So, like, those things are so gray. But basketball's black and white often. It's like, hey, man, we're, you know, like he's like a general. We're in the foxhole and I don't care about all this. We just have to move this way. And that's what makes him great. And that's why I think he can talk about anything off the cuff and have the exact, not right answer, but right that is true to him. He's got a flow chart. He's got a little Nathan Fielder flow chart ready to go. I think you have to, though, if your job, I mean, like, of course, you know, obviously we say things we absolutely shouldn't say, but (laughs) we don't, you know, we're we're not having the... uh, the entire organ- Nuggets organization reflected by it, but so I, I get. It. I just, I think everybody, everybody is uh, impressed in certain ways. Michael Malone is just great at speaking. I love it. Yeah, um, I also love that this is the first time, to my knowledge, that he has done this publicly. Certainly, the most effusively he has ever praised Tim Conley, and I thought that was really cool. Good because he also praised, I can't be the only one. Has he also praised Calvin Booth, obviously, and highlighted that they don't win this not just without you know murray and and mpj coming back but also with kcp and bruce brown and the additions that they were to this team but he has mentioned tim conley he's referenced tim conley this or that he's given him a little bit of props but i thought it was great the way he said look guys this is a process he went all in on the cronkies and again there were a lot of these were stories we'd already heard in some capacity maybe in a little bit more detail but he talked about the cronkies sticking with him but he also said look me and tim conley for seven years and then this last year with calvin and more to the point he said he has never been in conflict with those two guys which true or not it was cool to hear like no man we sometimes wonder you know like is there ever tension he's like look there's always tensions between a coach and a front office but with us it is never boiled and he was talking about tim and now that goes over to, to calvin i thought that was interesting i think that stuff really matters and i think organizational alignment is an underrated and elusive thing, right? Where ownership on some level, on on some levels, ownership, the front office and the coaching staff are on the same page. And it's it's almost like the holy grail in sports, right? You you chase it to the extent where you start to wonder, can this even exist? In a perfect sense, no, right? We know there are micro disagreements but on between these three levels. But there was always a understanding of the bigger picture that they were all locked in on. And I think in a, in a league where so much changes year to year to have a general sense of agreement and philosophical alignment just went really far for this organization. And, you know, it's the Cronkies patience, which Malone talks about a lot, but I also think it was just the communication between these three levels, mm-hmm. making sure that on some level they were on the same page. This is why the nuggets are in possession of not only the most recent, but the most ethical championship <laughs> ever produced in the NBA because it came by hard work, honest communication, shared vision, patience, uh, not overreacting, 
staying the course, all of these things that you, especially as a small market team um, that I will fest up to be at in Denver, like there's just a lot of teams that don't have the advantages of that many of the teams that you're thinking of do. And you want to feel like in this world, you can, if you have alignment, you have a plan, you can see it through, you can get to that level. And so it's, it's great that they did the thing you always want sports teams to do to like get the guy that's talking to the general man, talking to the general manager, the front, the head coach, the everybody is sort of has an idea of what's going on and they like see the, see the job through. It's beautiful. The other thing I loved about the Tim Connolly praise is one of the more recent quotes about Tim Connolly. I don't think it was intended to, but it could have sounded a, a certain way in which he was talking about Tim wondering if, um, Allowed, he, he wondered aloud to, to the NBA Finals media, you know, Tim thought about trading Jamal after that right. injury. And I don't think, I would think the point he was trying to make is that it was an open conversation from Tim and not just like a choice he had made. Uh, but it could have sounded a certain way and it almost sounded like he was throwing him under the bus. So to hear him kind of go back and go out of his way to give credit to a guy who, again, played a large part in, in Denver building the culture and the roster. And so... Yeah. I mean, Tim, Tim, like you have to move on at some point, but I'm glad that everyone gave Tim credit because yep. he deserves it. A hundred percent. And then of course he referenced Yokemas, which is always great. Um, you know, called it one of the most important days. I would actually argue we, this would be a good show. Maybe we'll do it next week. The most important days in Jokic era. I'll choose Man. the day they won the NBA championship. The number one pick, Eric. It's an important one. Pretty important one. It's, it's, it's hard to argue. It's hard to argue that it's one. A good first pick. I would say that's a pretty important one. But I do love that he acknowledges Yokemus, even calling it Yokemus, which is always great. Malone, get it, get it on the show here. What are we you doing? Know, you're, you're, you're in the comments. By the, we know. By the way, August 25th. I know it's a whole month from now. We're going to be doing a live show here at the DNVR bar. Maybe we'll have a guest. What? Maybe we'll have a guest for that one. But live show, we're going to be in the middle of the offseason. You're going to be far away, but we're going to be doing a book signing of, yep. of course, the Golden Era Championship book. We're going to be doing a, uh, a signing and a live show. And it's a Friday night. We'll be doing it, I think, at like 5.30, 6 o'clock. So you can go ahead and put that on your calendar as, hey, you got something to do that night. We're going to oh, yeah. do that. Maybe we'll have a player or a coach or somebody. <laughs> you never We're know. We're saying it be, not to be suspicious, but, but we don't maybe. have any confirmation. Yeah, but, you know, I'm going to speak it into existence, Eric. It's how you feel these things. Don't you know? I've done this a million times. Adam Most is the king of the soft maybe. Tease. Saying maybe. August 25th, you're going to be there. All right, let's take a break. On the other side, I want to talk about this idea that Saudi Arabia is creating leagues and offering oh. players Billions of dollars. Billions. Billions. Just one. Just one. Just one. Sorry, billion of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> this episode of DNVR Nuggets is brought to you by Better Help. There's never been a better time than right now, the now, to take care of yourself and your mental health. You do not have to do it all alone. And with Better Help, you can do it with your convenience in mind. You can benefit from their licensed therapists and a structure that's built for convenience if you'd like to do this virtually at your home, like the way so many things are done here post-pandemic in 2023. Let BetterHelp help you take care of your therapy in that same way. Therapy can be your map. With BetterHelp, visit BetterHelp.com slash DNVR today. Get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash DNVR. And... 
What else? And there's got to be more. Well, it's Casual Friday. It is casual. So it's a perfect time to talk to you guys about kind love. Uh, yeah, enjoy the weekend responsibly with the wonderful vibes that kind love provides. You want to talk about kind love vibes? I just got a notification. I'm supposed to be in a meeting with kind love in 10 minutes. Hey. Well, I well, might miss it. Tell them <laughs> you're busy doing a read. <laughs> we love kind love. One of the first dispensaries in Colorado since 2010. They sell quality bud and they also innovate within the industry like their new infused pre-roll line the turbo joint which uses the same technology as their uh turbo sticks turbo joints and kind love flower are sold in more than 100 stores around the state visit one of their stores in cherry creek or north denver uh, mention dnvr when you're in there receive a dnvr exclusive discount of 25 percent off all kind love flower pre-rolls in their turbo joint line, you can also visit their website at kindlove.com and use that code DNVR for online ordering and their full extensive menu. We are back. Uh, Segment two. What a what a beautiful, casual, smooth transition. Thanks, Eric. <laughs> As we get into some of these headlines here and talk uh, about some of the things we saw. Now, um, I want to talk about this. So this was a story, again, one of these ones where I was out of town, but was out of town. We didn't get a chance to really dive into this, but I actually think it's very interesting that we saw what happened with the Saudi-backed live tournament basically mm -hmm. coming in, and in short order, what was it? Two years going in from this way less, way less than two. Was it one and Dude, a half? It years? was like one, I, it was like half a year. Half, there was like a massive uh, blowback, and then no. basically came with an enormous amount of money and upended an industry and a league or a tournament that had been established. For a century, right? I mean, how, how, how far back does the PGA go? Do you know? Actually, I actually don't know. It goes back very far, though. The roots go back far. Yeah, the dude. point is, and then they try to grab some of these soccer players and say, hey, come play on our circuit. Come play in our leagues. We're going to offer you a billion dollars for a one-year deal. And it got turned down. Was it Mbappe? Right? Mbappe and Messi, Mbappe. too. Messi also and, turned and down. Also to uh, Messi, yeah. And they turned it down. And the thing, and it's somebody at some point is going to take this money. But the money is so ridiculous and so big. And it's so clearly a part of um, the Saudi royal family's strategy to grow perhaps their influence or just saying, hey, here's an area we see there's lots of money. We see these leagues constantly selling for uh, or these teams across the NFL, the soccer, whatever, sell for enormous amounts of money. And it might actually be that all of these teams have been artificially undervalued. And it turns out in an open market, they're actually worth a whole lot more. I've talked to some people who I respect on these matters, you know, the business of the NBA, and they have who have speculated that within the next five years, there will be an offer from part of the, the, the Saudi family to purchase the Los Angeles Lakers for $10 billion. $10 billion. Now, to give you some backstory on the Lakers, they are cash poor. By NBA standards, they are poor owners. Their wealth is mostly in, in the Lakers, the Lakers. Yes. and they are like as we saw with the Broncos uh, uh, you know the they're, Waltons the, they're, well no prior I'm it's saying yes. warring siblings heirs to you know an empire so you come in with a four billion dollar offer and it's like I don't know which was entrusted to us whatever ten billion dollars and then on top of that how do you impose sal luxury tax when it's like yeah you're gonna have to pay a lot like, we don't we would have paid a billion dollars for one year of LeBron we don't care if you our tax bill is $300 million. Who cares about that? We built the best super team. So I look at this and I say, this to me feels like not even a slow moving train. It feels like we can extrapolate this five years. I think that this is going to influence all of sports, that money, 
that is available through this specific avenue is going to infiltrate the NBA in ways we both see, buying the Lakers, and ways we don't, maybe just saying, you know what? We'll do something else then. My God. This is terrible. I hate this news. Saudi Arabia has too much money, man. They have too much money. We love oil too much, man. It's unbelievable, like, the amount of uh, influence they can have with the Live Tour, offering a billion dollars to a single player. This is the problem with capitalism is that at some point, uh, big bank take little bank, and then that's just kind of it. And the, you know, the way that uh, just the world works in general... Oh, man, this is tough. What do you do? Like in capitalism, morality is just like if you're able to do it. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I yes. And I think the answer here is is yes. And yes, it feels inevitable to me. It does. It's terrible. But it also is like it's crazy. It also to me just it's unbelievable the amount of money that is in sports in right. general. Like people are love sports. Oh, like Jalen Brown's $400 million contract feels absurd. It, and is, it is wild, absurd. but there's that much people but it's pay just that that's much what, money. That's into how much money. Is right. there, yeah. And with the NBA, an increasingly internationally focused business and game. I mean, like the, this is it, like the T the insane TV money numbers changed everything. And right. like, this is, when that kind of money's on the table, people are going to say yes. And once the dam breaks, like it's it's going to be a flood. So Dude, and you're like, I would expect this influence in the NBA for and then sure. You're driving to work, you're like, God, oil is or gas is five dollars a gallon, and you're like, why? You're like, oh right, Mbappe. And and <laughs> but also, <laughs> they're like really struggling, and we're like, damn, we're all going to pay we, for LeBron's li- salary. Literally, now. everyone like, is hurt by it. But Mbappe's like, oh, I got a bill. So I got a billion dollars. I played like four Pretty games. Sweet. I rolled an ankle. <laughs> and how how you know will it? Would that inevitably further complicate the CBA? And like the. The salary cap as it stands feels a little silly. You can point to a thousand unintended consequences from all these these myriad plugs in the holes in the wall they've tried to slap on. And it looks increasingly silly. But you can't just say, well, you do away with the salary cap. Right. With right. When it's, things are already so lopsided, and especially if the coastal gems are to be funded in this manner. So it's it, like it'll further complicate that matter. Um, But it seems inevitable, like on a global scale, you know, like soccer, golf. And I'm sure that this is an NBA story that in the background we sort of track for for years to come. It's a little I'm like I'm being a little naive here when I say the NBA has really made the money so ridiculous and like made it such a virtue. But this is a thing where when money increases at this steady state. It's almost like, okay, it makes sense. There's inflation, you know, like things, you guys are making money. But that's not really what we've seen. No. We've seen television deals go like this yes. and go like this and just go up and up. And now you're at another order of magnitude. Like the yes. exponential, the yes. next step is, oh, the Lakers where the previous high sell was $3 billion. No, we're just going to give you $10 billion because now the whole market is screwed. And now the influence around the league is so screwed. And I just think that the NBA, in the Adam Silver era in particular – has had this weird virtue of, you know, not seeing the way that they have controlled their own league less and less, but they've made more money. So it's like, all right, well, it all equals out. This to me would equal the ultimate, well, the money's about to get even crazier and the control's about to get even less. But here's the worst part about it. Sitting here thinking, that part, the Lakers part of it to me, buy the Lakers or buy them. The Knicks are never going to sell, so it won't be them. But the Lakers, I could see just being like, you know what? It's $10 billion. We each get $2.5 like or $3 billion. We're, we're fine. We'll do it. I can see them doing that. 
But if they don't, the worst is the th- way Saudi has made it, because I know people will say, well, nobody wants to go play in Saudi Arabia. Saudi is smart in that they said, don't need to. Right. What if we just set up leagues across the U.S. and just own them? Right. Which would be like the idea here behind <clears throat> it, which I think is probably further off. But it did have me thinking here. Of, I don't know. Maybe that level of money and influence really can buy a whole number of different things in short order. Can. And two years ago, people looked at the live golf thing and said, never PGA. Everybody, nobody will ever do the respectability thing. Quickly moved in and stole all of it. Right. And now they merged. That's what I mean. They, they, they said, oh, well, nobody will ever leave us in that way. Right. And it took one year for everything to be everything. upended. Yeah, no, it's terrifying. It really is terrifying. Late stage capitalism is uh, really no place you want to live in, in the thought experiment. It just, Except is, this, is this is this capitalism? It's though? late stage. It, it, no, is it late stage? Even though because yes. the money wasn't made through like straight capitalism, well, the money was made through like. It, but we're, but the 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 league is not. It's, it's like not stand it's like on capitalism its own. over here. But the yeah, money but it's wasn't just like made all, there. everything. At the end of the day, there'll be one corporation x there'll be one <laughs> media company everything will acquire everything else and then we'll just have to be like uh how come we can't do anything it's like because like every, everybody the one guy owns everything is it possible when we keep talking about will yoga retire early will he sign this is it possible we lose him to saudi saudi secondly i don't know I mean, the big listen, three listen <laughs> Jokic takes a billion dollars to go to the he might he, ice cube saudi back big three he might not have to man jalen brown just got 304 400 i thought isn't it 304 isn't like an arabian stallion like one of the oh sought after breed of horses the icelandic horses were the most handsome i've ever seen i tried i looked it up i think they're called sorrel because they are chestnut skin, but then they have blonde hair. So I think it's called flaxen chestnut horse. Look it up. It's a gorgeous horse. Uh, do not look that up. Look that up. It's actually, actually, do you want to look it up? Look it up. Maybe we can pull this up for everybody to see. She just looks at it like. Wow, what a perfect time to transition. Love that segment, fellas. Illegal Pete's makes Eric tired, but it makes the rest of us happy. Energized. Check out that patio season culture at Illegal Pete's. Enjoy some delicious burritos, beers, margaritas with your buddies, with your pals, with uh, with the squad. Illegal Pete's, it's a go-to spot for burritos, buddies, and beer. Check them out. So many locations around Colorado. We love them. They're our friends. They're Colorado, and that's more than enough for us. Pins and aces helping us look good on the golf course, helping us enjoy our time on the golf course with the beer bag, the liquor stick, and obviously all their sweet apparel that has you looking good, feeling comfortable. Check out pinsandaces.com. Use code DNVR to receive 15% off your first order and get free shipping. That's pinsandaces.com. All righty. We're back here. A little technical difficulties burr, burr, burr. here. Oh, sorry. Nope, sorry. we're already past oh, that part. Oh, okay. um, to, to kind of get us going again, guys, you know what we should do? What's that? We should look at friend of the show, S three, dude. I think friend of the world, friend of the world, hooping, hooping, hooping. What is he? Ten years old, going up against sixteen year olds. You guys seen this video? Oh, I've seen. Made it on the overtime. S three famously has been on our show many times. Usually, he's holding a basketball. Yeah, almost always. Turns out it's because he's incredible. Is this working or is it choppy? It's always going to be choppy. But yeah, dude. One time, hidden buckets. Look at that. The crowd going nuts too. S3. He's on a U16 team? S3 is legit. Or he was just playing against a an, uh, 17 under. I'm guessing because the his own bench going crazy. I'm guessing he got to like be on the roster even though he wasn't playing. And right. like in the game, garbage time, he gets to get in there. And he's just like, you know what? Take that. Oh, ah. look at these moves. 
high off the window. Oh, he misses that one. But I love it. Look how tiny he looks out there. S3. S3, Cash. man. Cash. Our own little Hooper? Unbelievable. I can't believe we have a little Hooper. I have been trying to tell you guys that he's legit. And also watching this clip, it cracks me up because I remember his dad on our show saying that his son dribbles too much. <laughs> yeah, I don't see an assist highlight there, S3. What's no. going on, man? No, no passes. No passes. Absolutely no passes. All right, let's talk about the some of the most underrated buckets. traits in basketball here, guys. Passing. And here's what got me thinking about this. Somebody, Kevin Pelton had an article on ESPN. It was like a mailbag, and somebody had asked about passing. And just said, like, hey, teams don't ever seem to draft for passing. Like, they do the shoot. This guy can shoot. He has measurables or whatever. And it got me thinking. I honestly think passing is one of, if not the most underrated individual skill. And part of why it's so underrated is that if you're a great passer on a team that doesn't pass, it has no translatable value. Right. Unless you're a point guard. But if right. you're, like, a good power forward who has good passing in his game – doesn't matter, man. Like, we'll never discover it. This is why Boris Diaw, one of my favorite guys, he was on the Charlotte Hornets. I always bring this up, but he's on the Charlotte Hornets, and they cut him. They thought he sucked so bad. He goes over to San Antonio, and as many people are saying, should have been finals MVP in 2014. That's how good and how dominant he was. So you go from a team that cuts you yeah. to a team where all of a sudden you're closing key games against some of the best players. Actually, wasn't closing because those games never made it to the fourth quarter. They were up by so much. But he was like the plus-minus king of that one. So I look at it and I go, I do think that passing is one of the most underrated traits. And the Nuggets, having a passing culture already here, I think are very close to where that could be a market inefficiency. It's part of why I think Jalen Pickett has a chance here is that he's a great passer. Mm -hmm. He would fit in even more alongside other great passers. It's true. I mean, a lot of times passing is underrated if nobody can finish. Like yeah, Jokic totally. makes a lot of great passes that – fall by the wayside of history because somebody missed the wide open three that would have like made it a highlight. But I mean, obviously, you know, this, I would say in this era of the NBA, the spacing era, the um, movement era, the ball is popping era, I will call mm. it. I mean, just ever since the Warriors like really popularized and the Spurs, as you say, but like just at teams are really a lot more about motion and getting all everybody involved versus the ISO ball that we saw heavy in the, the 2000s, the Car Carmelo Anthony era of the NBA. So, I mean, I, I think you're probably right. Like, and it, it is the most, in many ways, the most important things because thing, because it, it activates everybody else unless you have like that one dominant ISO guy. Well, and I wonder too about the way team building now is you want your one to two heliocentric studs and then the rest of how you're yeah. building out your roster is how do they complement that guy? Right. Um, and so, like, you would think more of these off-ball defenders, great movers, guys who occupy, you know, the dunker spot well, and, and guys who can stretch the floor. But versus, you know, someone who you put the ball in their hands and they can make plays because so much of it is about we want the ball in, like, let's say, Luca's hands all the time. So with some of the non-superstar level prospects, you see these guys, you know, Monte's a good example. Like, they're going to slide. Right. Because it's not – right. It, they're not good enough to be the guy. And so then teams are looking for complementary skill sets. But I even look at Monte as a point guard. So you can almost separate point guards because then sure. you are looking at passing. And I just mean as like secondary passers. Yeah, yeah. You know, you get a guy and it's, oh, man, he can really shoot. He can really slash. How's his passing? He doesn't really pass at all. It doesn't matter because he's not a primary. 
But I do wonder if it's like, no, man, like Kyle Anderson's a very useful player. Is he a great shooter? Not really. He's really long and he's a good connector. He can make it. He used to be a point guard, so he can make elite passes as a secondary guy. And I think it's really hyper valuable. Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon. Yep. Aaron Gordon's such an underrated passer. There is he it is. elite at it? No. But if you were trying to describe why Aaron Gordon was a good offensive player, you'd be like, he's so strong. He's so athletic. He dunks. He can shoot it a little bit. And but you actually, the passing goes ahead of some of those. Yes. Like the dunking is number one. But ahead of those other things is he's kind of good passer, man. He just yeah. makes smart passes. And every now and then he makes complex passes. Yeah. I mean, this is another credit to Nikola Jokic. He just made right. all of a sudden Jamal Murray's getting 10 assists in a game. Just everybody like. He's around him. They're like, oh, are you supposed to pass? I didn't really realize I think it's that. hard to get teams, though, to cut and stuff. Like, we it even is, see but this it, with the Nuggets. They cut unbelievable when Jokic's on the court. When he's not, they stop. Sure. And I do think some of that is, well, they're not rewarded as much. But also, part of it is, cut hard and we'll develop the passing. We have enough guys that would eventually we'll get there. But that's a hard sell in the NBA. And the heliocentric assists are not all the same, right? Watching Luka, and I like this player, but watching Luka dribble for 20 seconds and then fire to you in the corner is not the same as what Jokic prefers in terms of your involvement. Yeah. And so there, there's room. See, again, Denver's in this situation. This is where some of the Yoke-Steph parallels are so strong because of what their best player is not just willing, but prefers to do and allows them to do. And it's... The ball doesn't need to come back to him. The ball just needs to keep moving. And if the ball's moving and he's on the floor, you're going to find a good look. But So I see Rob Sheldon say there's passing and then there's throwing a guy open, only the greats do the latter. I'm not even talking about that. You know who's a good passer? Kevon Looney. Not because he makes great assist passes, but because he just can keep the offense moving by basic passes. Like, oh, you passed to me. I swing it to over here. Like, And he's a center, right? Sometimes it's just the ability to make regular passes, which not every player can do. But the more you have them, I do think it's it's a pretty underrated one. The problem is you get an elite off like secondary passer on your roster on a, a crappy roster. Somebody said it's like Shangoon. Right. Kind of true, man. Yeah, yeah. Like Shangoon's lost when Jalen Green is He's doing like, this stuff. Jalen Green, here's right. the ball. Yeah. <laughs> Here you go. Yeah, whatever. Uh, basketball IQ, I think, is really underrated. I think the NBA is getting smarter, or at least smart in. You know, you have to be able to read the court. You know, th there's a lot of talent in the NBA. And I do think that being a dumb player is such a handicap, man. <laughs> Not being dumb in general, I can tell you first and foremost. No, it, I mean, uh, I think all of these kind of go hand in hand. I think what you're describing is like the paradigm has shifted for the NBA in general, how teams want to build, how they see right. this era of being successful. You can't just, unless you have, a prime LeBron, unless you have a prime Steph Curry, these guys that can sort of break whatever uh, setup you have and can just shoot the ball and make it or just barrel down the lane and, and don't really require. But the the strategic thinking, you know, we're getting to the part of, of basketball where, you know, people are solving basketball. So it's always sort of like, okay, how now can we best harness what we've learned get the best players to play that exact style and then wait for it to shift and, and change in some other direction. The next one I have, and these are kind of in order, not as in, in what's most important. It's what's most underrated, right? Cause like shooting is very important, but very everybody, right. everybody knows that athleticism is the length of the measurables, but everybody knows those. Here's one ability to handle modern NBA experience. This oh. is what I mean. <laughs> I like, all, I want to draft this guy. How can he handle modern NBA experience? Well, it actually happens quite frequently, <laughs> I think, with players where it's like, can they handle? I mean, here's the truth. Adam Silver talked about this like five years ago. Why are all these NBA players unhappy? 
didn't used to be this way. Like players in the 90s seem downright ecstatic to be famous and rich and all the different things they have. But nowadays there does seem to be a lot. And I think it does have something to do with, you always say we know everyone's thoughts, but fortunately yeah. they're not talking about us. Yeah. They are being talked about by everyone constantly. Yeah. And I think that it can be, so Jokic, I think it is one of his, one trait that has really aided him in his ascension is that he's not online and that's great. Yes. But there are other, most people are going to be online. It's how well does this person seem like they're going to be able to handle that modern life aspect of it. I think is actually sneaky underrated. I think even sneakier is that they're too rich now. They, it's weird to be that rich and everybody knows exactly how much money you're getting paid and you're just kind of walking around. Like right. then you have to like, further separate yourself from people it's like they you just it's this weird thing where that you just that the nba players have this bizarre little world that they live in that no one can penetrate and it's all you know you don't even know if they even like the world that they've created for themselves i think like, most honestly don't man i think you like it for a time but i do think there's something like i this is my read again I'm, i don't know john ja morant but this is my read on ja I talked about it in the video where he had the one the gun or whatever. He was in a type of bar that had a billiards. Right. He was not in Miami. He wasn't at a club. Yeah. He was like, by all intents and purposes, hiding. Yeah. And yet was not no longer hiding. Like I do think that there's something to just this modern NBA. Like John Morant, unfortunately, is being sucked into what's yes. the modern NBA and not handling it poorly. And yes. it might derail his career in some way. And I do think that that is an underrated attribute, is like does this guy seem to be the type that's going to be able to handle it? By the way, seemed to be a lot of what people liked about Scoot and Victor so much too, is just right. guys who were giving that impression to those who got to interview them of their professionals. They're prepared. They didn't prepare themselves to be good at basketball. They prepared themselves to be professional, famous people. Obsessive work ethic to me is just so important, especially if you're going for stars. I think it's probably less important for role players. Those guys need to be able to like be, be serious and professional or what have you, but you don't necessarily need them to be in the gym at like 6 a.m. every single day. But I do think if you're drafting a Scoot or a Brandon Miller or some of these things, I will say I think you can over-index on this because some guys love to like, you know, they can just lie about, you know, fool you or what have you. But I will say Brandon Miller not knowing who Chris Middleton is, that's scary to me. Yeah, that was I not agree. great. That's really scary to me. I, I totally agree. I think having an obsessive work ethic slash love of the game or craft or something is so underrated. Well, I don't. That's funny though, because I wonder how much. Like Jokic is an interesting example of. I'm sure when he came into the league, there he probably didn't know who half these guys were. He has he has Serbian, you know, European players though. It's that's like a little that, different. That's a good point. That's a great point. But you do have to at least be obsessed with the process. I think that much is is very very clear. I think you got to be obsessed with the NBA. I really do. Like I think you got to be like I'm currently trying to hire uh somebody to join two people if you're out there uh designers to join my uh artistic phalanx. And I <laughs> What a pitch. Look at does this person is this person obsessed with creation? Do they in their free time create? Are they trying to make things simply to make them? Like, are do you want to be an NBA player outside of title? Like, are you driven by this concept? And it is is it deep and innate in you? And there are certain times like there's like things that are just true about people's nature that you find out, particularly when it comes to their profession, because you know, your job, even if you like it, you, nobody likes their job. Like you have, you, if you're forced to be somewhere, it always sucks, even right. if you're being paid. But so there just has to be something deep and burning. It has to be 
deeper than what is on the surface level and you have to be obsessed with it and that in basketball turns into work ethic like i want to like me i'm like looking at tutorials or just trying to make a better drawing or whatever i'm if just you like need help with photoshop i can help you man yeah i got if some you notes need help with illustrator like i you don't need a tutorial dude just call me I could show what? you how to do it. Are you just serious? About, just about anything Holy, in Photoshop. You'll help me? I, I do think it's become really clear to me that people in this game who have played this game are in front offices, in or around the game at all, they, they do think that there are levels to this. And it is the work ethic and the levels within it that separate. Like, yes, talent is the great separator amongst the masses, right? But when you're looking to get in there and figure out who's the best of the best, who's going to make it, Work ethic is usually what separates these guys. And you can tell, you can tell who's really obsessed with it almost right away. And it's, you know, it's, it's why a player like MPJ is a champion and not at home on his couch. And and honestly, these things (laughs) often like, like a handle or pick and roll reads, like you get film and you analyze and you predict. And then sometimes you're wrong on that too. So sometimes you can guess like guys, obsessive work ethic seems like it's there. I was wrong. He's not actually that hard to work. Whatever. So it's hard to even nail these down. The next one I have is confidence. This is going to sound kind of crazy. Well, players, one of Jamal's best attributes in my opinion is his confidence. That dude, that dude, honestly, is why he's so great in big games is that he's like, yeah, I am Michael Jordan. So why we're ready for this. Like he just has this unwavering confidence that is absolutely absurd. But I always think that Gary in 2018, I think it was really was the better player at that point because Murray was still on the Ascension and Murray kind of took it from Gary. And I do think part of this was, I don't know if Gary was the most confident player, man. I really don't. I think that he kind of could waver and in a weird way, once he hit the wall with injuries and this or that, like it never came back. He almost like rode a confidence wave. And then once it was gone, like, how do you get it back? Whereas Murray, I mean, he can miss, like he can go like over 18. He's hitting the game winner. Definitely. I mean, we have an instance of Gary hitting some, that game winning shot that was so beautiful. Yeah. We're, if we're, yeah, apparently the, the Saudis have ordered an airstrike against us. Or is it the aliens? We don't know. We don't know. Somebody's coming for us via the air. Um, I forgot what I was saying. Uh, well, I got to cool. keep it moving. Sick. Mental toughness is there with confidence for me, but I do think mental toughness is a big part of this. And by the way, confidence, I wanted to go back to one thing. Bull Bull, I think, and and Bones both have confidence, but there is a gap where your confidence surpasses, you know, no, you're no longer grounded and oh, it's yeah. a negative thing. But I do think the older I get, the more I do think that so much of what people accomplish in life is in how much they believe they can accomplish it. And oftentimes that starts as an irrational belief. Yeah. You're start, you're, you're going to fake it till you make it, but also yes, irrational confidence leads then somehow to, leads you to having you the actually you earn the, yes. you know, yeah, you, totally. And I think that there's a lot of that in the NBA circles as well. And with Jamal, I mean, I just think that he is like, brimming with that type of confidence where he thinks he's better than he is but because of that he becomes better than he was but he's not going to wait till he's better to tell you that he thinks he's 100%, he's on 100%. it two years early um and then the last one i have here is connection with teammate mm-hmm. and coach i just think this one is such a big deal and this one's a little bit more circumstantial but totally circumstantial but, sorry what is it connection well, it's oh. not totally though because i do think in any relationship like effort is made on both sides and in the nba we treat athletes as if it's like just something that did you give this to them? But yeah. there is also something too, like, no, man, that's your coach. That's your front office. That's yeah. your teammates. Like, you most, have to establish some kind of relationship. But for most them. teams, it's like, that's your coach for now. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> that's how it works. For we're just, We just have the luxury of a place where it's like, 
You got to get on coaches' level. Like the same thing with like Greg Popovich. But, but there are also players that go through a lot of coaches, man. No, and, for and, sure. And we blame the organization for this or that. But oftentimes it's like, I don't know, man. This guy just didn't did not connect with anyone. And we gave him every type of coach and he didn't true. connect with any of them. Very true. So I think those are it. All right, let's take our final break. On the other side, the hard part. Oh, we're going to snake draft teams we don't hate. And we're going to go five <sighs> rounds deep at this. So I, oh man, okay, go ahead. Good time to become a member at DNVR. Obviously, at the DNVR bar on York and Colfax, we keep all Colorado sports games with audio on. So come through and enjoy 15% off your entire bill if you are a DNVR member. Remember, you get a free shirt when you sign up, plus every year after. 20% off merch always, 20% off all events. And we've got some cool events coming up. Uh, like this one, for example, August 25, as Adam mentioned earlier, a live podcast, a live DNVR Nuggets podcast at the mm. bar, and I can say this, right? It's in the copy. A book signing. Ah, yeah. yeah. Book, book signing, we don't have to wait for confirmation. We can say that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bring your books. We'll, we'll sign your books. We will have books here, yes. We'll, we'll have books here, too. And if you want to bring your copy, we're happy to sign it, chat with you, take pictures, the whole thing. So come check us out. And don't forget to sign up for a membership. It's always a good time to be a member. Right now is a really good time to be a member at DNVR. Oh, oh, and there's a big time shirt oh, sale. Oh, baby. That, that MVP shirt is 50% off. You get $5 off all Golden Era shirts right now, and there's 25% off the other merch. This uh, is a great time to get in there. You honestly should buy some shirts, man. We got like two more months of blazing hot uh, weather, and these shirts are freaking dope. This was a great year of shirts. That's a great point. You know, I, to me, I see this, and I'm like, They've discounted my goods. Yeah. Me, I'm so, worth I'm perfect. now worth it's my less. My favorite time. Never pay full price for Eric's work, man. That's my best advice I could give anyone. And speaking of paying, why would you pay a lawyer until, I don't know, they've won for you already? That's the deal at Bacchus and Shanker where they win for Colorado families. They've been winning for Colorado families for more than 25 years. How about winnings that total over $1 billion for their clients? Locations serving all of Colorado, including neighborhood offices in Denver. Aurora, Englewood, and Fort Collins. Bacchus and Shanker have the strength and power to win your case. More than 30 lawyers and 100 folks on staff. They will help you with all kinds of injury cases when you weren't at fault from car accidents, motorcycle, rideshare, pedestrians, trucks. They can even help if you've been injured at work. You just have to remember this one easy step. And it's the number two. Call them at 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Bacchus and Shanker win, and they won't charge you until they've won for you. Way to go. Alrighty, it's that time. Alyssa, you can go ahead and pull up the board. We haven't snake draft very much this year. I think it's our second snake draft. <laughs> Alien <laughs> biologics forms. I like it. So Blanco, we should. You know what? What would that be? Tall, short, tall, <laughs> short. Elon Musk. I try to tell you. Yeah, big eyes. I guess <laughs> you could say. Like any of these things. This is teams we don't hate. <laughs> oh boy, we don't hate. This is hard. Not that we love them. So we don't. We don't hate. Or them. we we. The hate is not as much. We probably still hate we them probably to some still degree. Hate them. We have to get through 15 teams. Uh, I don't think we can. Uh, the Nuggets are off the board, by the way. You can't pick yeah, the Nuggets. You can't take the Nuggets. Yeah, you would win the, the, the voting. All right, Eric, you gave yourself the first pick here. That's right. I made the graphic. I made the first pick. All right, let's hear it. Number one pick in the teams. I don't hate draft to 2023. The Orlando Magic. Take them off the board. The Orlando Magic. Why don't I hate them? I have no thoughts about them at all. See, I don't know if that's good. So there's no team you have a positive thought about? Well, there. I mean, I kind of like Because you're Bucks. right that the Magic are very neutral. They're just yeah. like, yeah, like, but you don't have a single one that you're like, you know what? 
<laughs> little engine that could over there. All right, you're right. Uh, no, no, no. Orlando Magic. Orlando no, no, Magic. no. Your pick is in. I love uh, that pick, though. That's a great pick. You should use the team names, though, Alyssa. Yeah, use Magic. Okay. All right. Number two pick. You took the Magic. Non-offensive, but also like not that, not that cool. Yeah, what a pick at number the first the Magic have ever been picked in a fantasy. <laughs> the, 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 get the number one overall pick every year. Oh, that's a great point. Draft. That's a great yeah. <laughs> matter. Wow. All right, what are you? Where are you going here? Well, You're it's you, two, big guy. So. Oh, I'm number two. Oh my gosh, I didn't you even tell me. <laughs> well, here we go. I think you almost have to go Eastern Conference here because you do. It's, like yeah, this, you do. it's too hard. I will say He's gonna go a team that feels Bucks. like the Bucks. Denver of the Nuggets of the East to me is the Indiana Pacers. Oh. Former ABA team. The, no history with Denver other than Nothing. you can go back to the or you can go back to the final the, I think they played in like the one of the ABA playoffs or whatever, but come on, so long ago. I think it was the Pacers that the witch cursed, you know. Um <laughs> but to me, I don't know. I just kind of have positive feelings about the Pacers. Midwest little team nobody thinks about. Sure. L- they, listen, it's your pick. Little engine that could. I'm rooting for you. Tyree Halliburton. Uh that brings us to my first round pick, and I am going to ignore your conference warnings. Oh, my God. And I am going to take maybe the little darlings of the NBA right now, the Sacramento Kings. I mean, this is a you're good pick. Hate, you're right. You no, you're will gonna, you will regret it, but you're also right. I should have taken them. They are. I I'm a year away from, gonna, I'm year away from rooting against them. It is. It is. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be like. Oh man, we lost to the Kings, but Brendan's happy. Yeah, no, I probably won't. All right, the Kings. That's a good pick, though, man. I actually, I actually really like that pick. Who are you gonna go with next? With my next pick oh, in the teams we tough. don't hate draft, oh, Brendan Vote selects the Cleveland Cavaliers. The current, ah, I don't like the Cavs. I don't dislike them. The current construction of the Cleveland Cavaliers, ethical. They're unobjectionable. Yeah, their owner though is one to me like well, just a deplorable. Once you get to the owner level, you're you're get that a lot. Take yeah, all the magic. Out, you took boy. the magic over yeah. here. I mean, um, the Nuggets. <laughs> no. um, so I yeah, Cronkies are good, man. I don't buy them. So, but the uh, the Cavs to me have Dan Gilbert, who wrote with Comic Sans and did that whole little throwing a fit. The the fan base out there is one of the grossest in oh, the Adam, NBA. Don't, don't get it twisted. We hate all these teams. <laughs> I'm these just saying, any I team kinda, that's not the Nuggets. I think I hate the Cavs. LeBron has done really has done a number on me. He's man. not. A, he's LeBron's not, not on the Cavs. Man. Yeah, but he is the Cavs in some ways. Oh, oh man. I can't do it, man. All right. Well, who do you take then? Uh, gosh, dang it! I'm back on the board. You're right. I do hate all these teams. No, I'll tell you another one. Man, this is tough because I. You're right. I do hate all of these teams. I'm going to go with the Toronto Raptors, who okay. I kind of hate. No. They do have a very, like, yeah, their no. fan base is very passionate. But I, I, they are it's whiny. A pick. It's They're a great, whiny, though. It's a great pick. They're very whiny. They have Masai, who I, you know, I support. No, it's a great pick. It's a great pick. You think? Honestly, Dude, their fans are annoying, though. Their fans well, are really whiny. You're just saying you don't like Canadians. We hear <laughs> No, they're... They're, they have the most small market energy for of anybody, and they're Meanwhile, actually a their big market. market. Yeah, an entire country. Yeah. They have the bit small country energy. I do like the no dunks guys. They're Raptors fans. You know, let's Listen, go there. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna... My pick. Okay. In the teams we don't hate draft. Okay. I'm going to take in the second round the Washington Wizards. Give me the Washington Wizards. I don't want to hear you say Kyle Kuzma without also saying Monte Morris. Kyle Kuzma, Monte Morris. <laughs> uh, the Wizards, to me, are pretty neutral. They're like the Magic. You have a very bland team, for sure. You have a very bland team. Dude, I who think hates I, bland? But I'm saying Pacers, Raptors, I kind of like them. Magic, Wizards, you're right. I don't hate them, which is, I guess, the name of this Brother, draft. I'm gonna, yeah, I, I don't hate these squads what, at all. Where else do you go? 
Uh, I will take the next pick. I will take the Chicago Bulls. Man, I wanted to take the I will next. take the Chicago Bulls. Put them on the board. I wanted to take them. They, yeah. they do get a little bit of big market energy. You know, they get Not right now they don't. Energy. Yeah, they kind of do, though. I mean, they get more attention than they should. But is this because of the CHGO Bulls guys? Of course. They're great guys. <laughs> They're really great guys, They're man. Great guys. They're great guys. They're great guys. Oh, man. We got to – I'm with you, man. They have good vibes. Yeah, Monte's We'll probably on. hate them if they ever get good, we which know, will never happen. No. By the way, I know Monte's not on, but Monte oh, still yeah, represents the wizard. Yeah, he's a wizard legend. Um, Gosh, I'm back up again here. Man, we are already out of teams I don't hate. Uh, I'm going to go, I, th- I'm going to take an Eric ass pick right here and go with the Charlotte Hornets. I don't hate them, but I also don't feel anything. Boom. That is the most, I don't care about this team one bit. Yeah. The Hornets are the team that if yeah. you were like, what team should move to Seattle? I bet I could take the Hornets. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. What do I care? Completely irrelevant in the NBA. Michael Jordan ruined them. I think. Isn't that wild? Isn't that weird? <laughs> <laughs> I think, what if we like them now? What awesome. if they become cool? Entirely possible. It's not going to happen. All righty then. I had to wait. I didn't want to do this too early. Although I kind of hate my Cavs pick. It's because it sucks. Kinda sucks. The Cavs suck, oh, man. Shut up. Hornets. <laughs> Wizards. I don't hate the Hornets. You, I've never heard you talk bad about the Hornets. Uh, yeah, because I haven't been moved to speak them. about them at all. That's all right. Exactly give me the Milwaukee right. Bucks. As much as some of their some of their Stan yeah. fans did turn on our guys. They did turn year. on them. They did turn on That's them. For, that wasn't for me. I like... I considered the the Milwaukee Bucks, but yeah. I we dealt with a lot of uh, consternation coming yeah. from Bucks land. Gosh, this is going to get harder and harder. Yeah, and that's the whole point. I will take <sighs> the Oklahoma City Thunder. Oh, you're going too west. My well, God. We're going to have the worst time this year. We are going to break this all the time. The odds of playing the Kings or the Thunder are just so high. Oh, what are you going to lose to I, the Thunder? Oh, Grow up, good. guys. <laughs> you just made a Smuggets t-shirt. <laughs> the Thunder. I just don't like how they did all this draft. But whatever. Their team is actually very likable. When we, uh, I went there on a road trip one time because I was going through the country. And I stopped there and went to a game. Lovely people. Like Everybody was so friendly. It was incredible. And? I think I wore a Nugget <laughs> shirt. And everybody was like, yeah, well, you know, we're just so happy yeah. here. I was like, it's unbelievable. Like, Suck on these! Yeah. The it was like the nicest place I'd yeah. ever been in terms of right, nice fine, people. Whatever. And then after the game, every restaurant in town was closed. Yep, that sounds right. Yeah, there's the garage. I you went get to a, good a gas burger there and got like a hot dog or something. Uh-huh. I'm so hungry. All right, what do we got? Oh, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> this is just awful. <laughs> so, this is like... I guarantee by playing a board game with Adam, like his daughters are telling him it's tur- his turning Candyland again. He doesn't quite get the rules. <sighs> this yeah. is tough, man. I'm out of picks for the record. <laughs> yep. I think I think I am taking okay. the Detroit Pistons. Yeah, son of a bitch. I don't like them. I don't like them, but I don't hate them. Who hates the Pistons? They had Chauncey. You know, you know who hates the Pistons the most? Who? The Pistons. <laughs> no, the Pistons, they kind of look, ah, yeah, they're fine. They're fine. I don't hate the Pistons. Oh I don't even have God. anything bad to All say. All right, about. listen. Wow, we are draining the pool of inoffensive Eastern Conference teams. We are left with some rocky waters there. Some I, real rocky waters. So I got to go over to the West? Oh no, you can't. God. This is really tough. I am going to take. Man. I don't think I currently hate the San Antonio Spurs. They did beat the Nuggets a lot, though, They man, did, the but I, I, I did the same dance, though, that you two just... Man. All right, and now here comes my... They beat the Nuggets a lot. Yeah, you're right. And here comes my coup de grace, my fire take that will either win 
or lose this for me. Well, you- I do not hate the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> I want to, but I don't. I, it's, I don't understand it. Stuff is so likable. He is likable. Draymond's Draymond not, though. I know. I know. Clay I know. Thompson, very likable. Bro. I know, dude. So likable. I don't know. I just what do you tell you about this pick here? Vote. It's a great pick. Here's the truth. We've talked about it, man. Pick. When Kevin Durant's not there, it's an easy team. They did have Kevin like. Durant, though. Well, that's He's not good. there anymore. Yeah, you're right. right. All right. What am I going to do now? Yeah, oh, I'm so glad I'm done with this so exercise. Screwed. I, have, I, I have this, so do have this screwed. weird thing, too, with, like, I hate the mental image of a Pelicans road game. It's going to be some hard-fought, annoying king. Brandon Ingram's going to hit a three-fourth shot, you know? Some of those teams just have those ugly memories. I don't know what to do here. I'm in a real pickle. Because <sighs> I hate the Hawks, but they're inoffensive. But I kind of hate them. I hate like, them I hate too. Young. Like, I, I don't know what it Hawks. is. They should be my team. I but hate I hate the Hawks. I hear you guys are going to hate me for this. Oh, oh no. You guys are going to hate yep. me for this. Uh, I already do. What's the difference? <sighs> no, I can't do it. I had to move. <laughs> I almost said it and I had to move away. All right. I'm taking the Dallas Mavericks. Oh, it's not a good pick at all. It's Luke, not a good pick at all. Adam likes Luca. Okay, we get it. Fine. I, I kind of do. <laughs> um, oh, I hate my board. Your board sucks. Look, I do. I do like teams that there's some continuity. You know, mostly built through the draft. You know, it's their guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, give me the Boston Celtics. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Chat wants me to do Nets, but here's the thing: I grew up in New Jersey. I hate the Brooklyn oh, dude, Nets. I, that was my team. I, I almost hate, went to, but no, I was like, I, I hate them. Screw Brooklyn. Yeah, screw the Brooklyn Nets. I hate this like specific iteration of them. Yes. Post KD, where I want them to like be better than the Suns, but I don't like them. I'm just rooting against. Yeah, KD that and orc the Suns. has no juice. They abandoned New Jersey. Yeah. It's a I, all right, team. I've got a weird one for you guys. The Minnesota Timberwolves. Oh, yeah, you love Tim Conley. Tim. I almost took it, but they're too. Also, they just sound like they're, Anthony they're, Edwards is dope. and they're they're down we perpetually bad. We we can, you're right; they are always down. down. I can't wait for the season to play out. I know. Vote board is going to be such misery. Vote board is going to age like goddamn. Yeah, well, yeah. When they beat the Wolves <laughs> in five games in the first yeah. round, oh, I'll really be sweating. Oh, just wait. Dude. I will be. I will be sweating. You're gonna be, uh, we you left, lost this by a lot. We left on the board. We just picked bad teams in the East. Yes, guys. <laughs> we left it. the Hawks. We left the Heat, which I think you just hate. We out West, the Rockets, which we all hate. The Blazers, which we all hate. Yeah, yeah. I do hate the Blazers. Dude, we, there was nobody on the board. I think we took the least offensive teams possible. Do you I don't guys think hate there the Knicks? Single... Do you guys hate the Knicks? Uh, yeah. I just hate the Knicks get so much shine. So, yeah, yeah I hate them. Yeah, they they, they are. They, they, they mellow get... thing. It was annoying. Yeah. Everybody was like, this is best for the league if right. we just drain Denver of everything and send it to the Knicks. And they're also and like, like, oh, is Jalen Brunson the greatest player yeah, of all time? Yeah, you're yeah. like, oh, what about Jokic? They're like, okay. Have you guys seen our video? Yeah. <laughs> all right, fair enough. I kind of hate the Knicks, to be honest. All right, well, tell us in chat, guys, what you agreed with, what you didn't. Um, I definitely, yeah, everyone knows this. I won this by a lot. Who says that? Gray like said it. John said it. Yeah, you just skip over the people that said I won. And then, yeah, uh, just take that way. Yeah, there's got to be more of those people that said that. Uh, Adam likes Kyrie. The okay. D-line won this by a lot. I mean, I like... Look. Adam likes Kyrie. <laughs> that's, I do like that's the Kyrie, takeaway. Man. That's the takeaway. He's got all the crazy skin. He is good at dribble, he's, for sure. He's, so he's good at basketball. Uh, all right, everybody. Thanks for watching us. Have a good stuff. It's a great oh, weekend. Oh, boy.